This is your life, God's truth, your QFM. It's Phil, and it is an honor to have State Representative District 2B, Steve Green, in the studio with us. Steve, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, Phil. Thank you. Yeah. Technically, you should be in St. Paul. But uh, you're not. We're glad, right? Actually, <laughs> actually, Phil, I don't want to. I don't want to get too personal here. But the reason that I'm home right now is that my mother did pass away, and her funeral's on Saturday. So we're. I don't so think that's I why knew I'm that, here, Steve. Yeah. Oh well, condolences yep, to that's you and right. your family. My, my mother was a good Christian lady, and oh, you know it's, yeah. it's tough at first. But you know, I said, well, we're grieving. She's uh, having a celebration, so praise yeah. the Lord. Amen. You yeah. had a big family, didn't you? I did. We had sibling? seven kids, and. And we were wondering where to do the um, the visitation because mm-hmm. we know that just the family is over 150. Wow. And uh, so we're going to have to do that at the church. That's so cool. Yeah. A celebration. And yep. uh, she meant a lot to your family. I bet she was one of your biggest cheerleaders as a state representative. Huh? Oh, you bet she was, yes. Yeah. Did yep. she ever give you input? Oh, uh, my mom was pretty pretty cautious on that, but she always gave me support and she was always she was a prayer warrior. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. No. Yeah, because I did not know that. Well, Steve, we appreciate you. You've been in now. Uh, you, what what term are you in now? This is my fifth term. Fifth I'm term. finishing up my 10th year. Okay. Yeah. And something massive happened this week. It was redistricting. We've been hearing about it. It happens every 10 years. And it seems like, you know, for the last several times, uh, the legislature because of division can't seem to come to grips with redrawing the lines themselves. So it goes to judges. It goes to a special judicial panel, and they announced their findings this week, and it's final, right? That's right. Yep. The, the lines are drawn. The districts are set. And it's a bit of a shakeup, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's, it's always wow. a shakeup, but there's there's been a lot of pairings, and uh, uh, and there's open seats, and so it's everybody's kind of scrambling, I guess, to figure out what they're going to do. Yeah. Well, let's start with this, the fact that to be Right now, uh, you still live in 2B, so they didn't district you out of your district, correct? Right. You still live in it, but it just so happens that State Representative Matt Bliss of 5A, I think it was, now lives in 2B. So what does that mean? Well, for me, what it meant when I first saw it, uh, uh, the district now, in that 2 would, would house me, uh, Matt Grossel, Representative yeah. Matt Grossel, Representative mm-hmm. Matt Bliss. And I had uh, made the decision before the district lines came out that after being there for 10 years, I wouldn't challenge another Republican if they were to run, uh, you know. Uh, and if so, they were already an incumbent. If, if they were already an incumbent. Sure. And so when the map came out, um, I asked uh, Representative Bliss if he was going to run. He said he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's fine. And so I went back to try to figure out what to do next. And I looked at the district and I noticed that there was no senator in that district. It's an open Senate seat. Yeah, because uh, Senator Paul Utke, who was the Senate for District 2, is now down in District 5. Correct. Right? Wow. So I so I called my wife, and I said, what do you think? And she said, yeah, do it. So I will be running for the Senate in District 2. And this is uh, the first time you've told anybody other than your wife. So we're unveiling that uh, very exciting fact right here on QFM. Well, QFM is a good place to do it, Phil. Yeah, well, that's amazing. So Steve Green, this fall, then, will be running for Senate District 2. And, uh, you know, I'm assuming the Democrats will find somebody to run against you. But the the lines, then, for District 2, uh, the full Senate district, include all three of our area uh, Native American reservations now. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. 
Okay, so Leech Lake, White Earth, and Red Lake are now all in Senate District 2. Correct. And 2B will have two of the three. Is that how it works? Yeah, 2B will have uh, Leech Lake and White Earth. Okay, and that's what Matt Bliss will be running for then is 2B. Right. And Matt Grossel remains 2A. Correct. Okay. And that's just District 2. I mean, there's some other issues. For example, uh, and we don't know uh, how this is going to play out, but... Senator Justin Eichhorn, the senator from District 5, is no longer living in District 5. Correct. And he now is in a district with another Republican senator, so they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. Yeah, and I think they're discussing that now, and I I won't get into their issue because that's their issue, but uh, uh, things will work out. Uh, I think that we've got a good lineup of candidates, conservative candidates up here in the north. And uh, and I'm pretty sure we're going to come out looking just fine. Let's touch on that because you've already heard a little bit from the caucus, the party uh, overall in the state of Minnesota. I mean, everybody's lines have been redrawn at least a little bit. And this coming fall election is huge. And the hope was that the conservatives, the Republicans could take back the House what are you hearing? You know, is there we're, some wringing yeah, of hands? I, I think we're hearing that it's looking favorable okay. to us, uh, uh, even with the new lines. But we want to make it very, very clear that nothing is a walk. I mean, there's there's no very few districts are so red that they're going to just go red regardless. Yeah. So everybody's got to do their work, and one of the issues that we're going to have is just uh, imploring people to get involved in these campaigns and to turn out and vote and get yeah. their neighbors to vote because that's where that's where our wins are going to come from with people that care enough to get out and, and cast their ballots. Well, prior to redistricting, you know, the the wins, as you say, were certainly pretty pro-conservative. I mean, the whole COVID situation and the eroding of freedoms and these mandates and things like that, certainly from the governor on down, attorney general, et cetera, it seemed like, you know, there was a chance this year for kind of a red wave Great. in Minnesota. So after redistricting, you're still pretty hopeful, Steve? I am, Phil, because I've talked to a lot of people. I get out a lot. And, yeah. and, and I don't just talk to conservative people. I talk to anybody who wants to talk to me. Yeah. And, and I don't think that people are even distinguishing anymore between uh, Joe Biden and Tim Walls. They're okay. they're like they're a uh, one person. Yeah, they're they're yeah. just a pair, and so you might as well start referring them to the the, the Biden Walls administration because that's what's going on. Okay. One of the biggest issues that we have um, in the state are the two the two that are very comparable, I guess, is first of all law enforcement and yeah. public safety. Yeah. Uh, we see some things going on in the metro area that are are very very damaging, and and the murder rates are going through the roof down there, and the other crime. And people are concerned about that. And in fact, if you look at if, if people I've been talking to, um, even some of the things like gun control have moved way down the list, which how important is gun control to us? Yeah. You know, we want our Second Amendment rights, but that's far down the list under public safety and these these un- unconstitutional mandates. So and look what's happening. Uh, even now, they're not backing off on the vaccine mandates, even though we see it's all the information coming out that... The adverse effects, the people dying from them, and uh, and now we got the truckers thing. You know that that that's, yeah. that's a great deal. What's yeah. going on up in Canada? It's <clears throat> spilling out down here. So I think I think those issues are on top of people's mind. They're bad. They're bad things for our state. What's what they've what the liberals have done to us 
if there's if you're going to look for any silver lining, I guess it's that people are finally being yeah. forced to look at what government has done to them. Yeah, and waking up. Look at yep. the inflation issue too, Steve. That's a huge thing, and I'm sure that word comes up already during this legislative session as people are concerned about the rising cost of pretty much everything. That's that's right. And you know, we talked a little bit before Phil about how you know we're looking at seven point seven billion dollars surplus. That's a forecasted surplus. Uh, some of it is carried over because of the the lack of money that was spent during the COVID on on other issues in the hospitals, yeah. uh, the schools that were that were shut down. There's a savings there, so it's a false savings on that. But the rest of it is a projected forecast, and it's based on the fact that we're seeing an influx of printed government money, yeah. which has caused inflation. So they expect the money that's going to be coming into the state now. In my, if you look at it, I'm looking at it and seeing that. If you're if you're paying more for everything that you buy, you're paying more taxes, and so yeah. it's not it's not real money because the inflation is yeah. going to eat it up and more. Yeah, and a lot of it is sales tax too, which yeah. you know that is very fickle because yeah. we can shut the tap off fairly quick on buying stuff, and then the sales tax dries up, right? I mean, right. So it's a little different than income tax and and uh, property taxes, that kind of thing. What are you seeing, you know, with property taxes? Is that being, uh, is that a football again at all in Minnesota, or not really at the moment? Property taxes is always a football. Yeah, Phil. I mean, it's it's something that I think legislators use to uh, to gain support or 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 maybe not get their uh, get put on the spot for say, but uh, property taxes are local. Yeah, and so um, the the effect that the state has on those is the mandates that they send down. So if you're sending mandates down to your schools and they have to and they are forced to comply, your townships, your counties, your cities, you know, you name it. If the mandates are coming from the state, and and then you have to report on what they're doing, all that stuff's costing you money. And the only recourse that your your local governments have is to raise your property yeah, taxes yeah. and then the other issue for us especially in the north half of the land in the northern part of the state is now in some form of public hands so half of our property is not taxable yeah so everybody else is making up the rest and that's huge and that that not only affects your property taxes it also goes uh in uh, damaging our personal property rights your right to own property mm. if the state owns it and you no longer have access to it to own it then you become a tenant of the state. Mm. So it's there's a lot of things in, in the property tax issue that I think we need to work on, but the biggest part of it is deregulation. Yeah. Well, again, this big, like you said, uh, sort of false budget surplus. I mean, uh, that ties into bonding because there's a certain amount of bonding that goes on. In other words, these projects that the... Uh, state representatives and senators have from their districts and they want to advance them to pay for whatever it is, a local issue or roads, bridges or uh, buildings, that kind of thing. Uh, Where are we at on bonding? I know you're saying if we have all this money, we shouldn't borrow money right now. Why would we? Right. And there's a growing number of us doing that. Whether we have the votes to to accomplish that, we'll find out soon enough. Uh, They're working on the bonding bills now. Uh, I think, first of all, uh, the the governor's proposal of two point seven billion is so far out of, out Oof. of whack. Yeah, that's high. But um, if you if we have this money, like I said, if every time you borrow, you're you're borrowing these bonds, and they're they're like twenty year bonds. Let's just let's use that as an example. Mm-hmm. So the projects that you're putting together now will likely not last twenty years, and yet your kids are going to be paying for those projects. 
And so I've always been very skeptical on bonding and trying to keep it only infrastructure and no special projects. Uh, this year, because of this surplus, a lot of us are saying, look, we could pay for this with cash and not yeah. accumulate another another debt and more interest onto our kids. So let's pick the projects that are needed, not wanted, but needed, yeah. and pass a simple bonding bill and see where we come out. Because we're there's a lot of chaos going on right now. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that just makes too much sense, Steve, to do that. <laughs> Ugh, how about uh, getting rid of the tax on Social Security? That keeps getting talked about. Could that happen this year in an election year? That's something that I personally have been uh, trying to work on a lot of us. I shouldn't yeah. say I. I don't want to be the me guy. A lot of us have been trying to get rid of that. Uh, two years ago, we ended up uh, pulling it down so that another, I think, 270,000 people in Minnesota now don't pay taxes on their Social okay. Security. We want to finish that off. And the last budget cycle that the Republicans were in, uh, because you have to figure a way to pay for it and get other people to vote for it, we couldn't get them all. But now I think that there's no excuse for not ending the Social Security tax hmm. altogether. Well, there's going to be a lot of posturing, isn't there? Because oh, this absolutely. election, you just said before we started, you think you're going to see more of that than you've seen ever since you've been uh, a state representative. This could be a very interesting year. I do. I, I think that uh, as as the campaign moves forward, you're going to hear a lot of things. You're not going to hear promises from me because I've only made one promise since I started. And that is in the House as one of 134, I can tell you. The only thing I can promise you is that I'll tell you what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what I'll work for. Yeah. But I think you're going to hear promises out there promising you everything under the sun. <sighs> Be very cautious of, of whenever government promises you anything because they're taking it from you before they give it back to you. Yeah. You even mentioned that regarding this new uh, proposed par- parental bill of rights. Now, on the surface, you know, we think that sounds really good. And I know there's some really good people that are proposing this that you know uh, a bill of rights for parents to know everything going on with their kids in school but like you always do you you bring common sense to it and you said honestly we really don't need this because parents really do have control in the school if they would just take advantage of it explain it from your perspective well and i've been telling parents that now for two years, yeah. the school belongs to you. It's your school, and you can run for the school board, you can attend the school board, and you can affect the policies in your school. I'm always cautious, and, and, I'll, look, and I'll keep looking at this bill, yeah. but I'm always cautious when the state comes in and says, okay, parents, here are your rights. Yeah. When, in my opinion, you have those rights, and if the government's going to come in and tell you what rights you have, the government can one day come in and take those rights away. Hmm. And that, that's always what I think. And so the, the answer is fight for the rights you have right now. Amen. Don't, don't wait for government to tell you what you can and can't do. That's why we're where we're at, Phil. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, that's such a good point. Now, again, that's not to say you're blanketly opposed to this parental bill of rights. Maybe there's some things in there that do need to be addressed, you know, but you just got to wait it out and see what happens here. We'll, we'll see how they but come we got to be careful. We got to be careful. Be careful what you give away. Yeah. Even even if it sounds like you're gaining something, you're giving away some of your rights. <laughs> giving all this power to the government, yep. basically, you know, relying on them to give us our rights. And uh, that's, again, such a good point. Uh, unemployment insurance, I wanted to touch on this real quick, because about a week or so ago, we heard that 
you know, there was this debt in the unemployment insurance fund for Minnesota. And right away, the Democrats went to a six-year tax on businesses to try to make up that debt. Uh, I am hearing better things now uh, coming from people that actually have more sense that uh, we don't have to do it that way. Uh, but wow, it was really quite a difference between, again, the left and the right. What are you hearing about handling this unemployment situation, the deficit that's there? Yeah. quick. The quick background on that is that uh, unemployment has been there. And in Minnesota, we had a good reserve. It was, I think yeah. it was over $2 billion. Bucks, $2 mm-hmm. billion. And and what happened was when the federal government and the state came with the extra money for unemployment and they beefed it up by hundreds of dollars every yeah. check. For month for after week, month yeah. after month after month. And it, and it just wouldn't go away. And what happened is we completely depleted our funds wow. in, in the in the reserve. And then the federal government kicked in and they were paying it. And now they're saying, well, now that it's over, we want our money back. Did we know that going in that they're going to want that money back? Uh, I asked the question, but never got the answer. <laughs> wow. And and and, and they, the answer that I got was, well, no, we don't think that's going to happen, but but we can't promise anything. Basically, so mm. that told me that this is coming. It's coming. And and there were there was a number of us who said this has got to stop. We can't do this because it's killing our businesses. Yeah. And, or or at the very least hurting them. And and you're not doing anybody any favors, and this money's going to have to be paid back. It's printed, borrowed money. Yeah. So what happens now is the Senate, I believe, has a pretty good bill that not only takes the the money from the surplus that that they say we have, and uh, and pays back the over a billion dollars to the federal government, and also puts back in another one point four, one point five yeah. billion somewhere in there, to back into the reserve so that our our uh, businesses. And the people that do collect unemployment are safe going forward. Yeah, and and that's only fair. Uh, the House wow. version now, under uh, immense pressure, has a has looks like they've agreed to uh, use the money to pay back the federal government, but they don't want to replenish the fund. They want to oh. use that for something else. And so, without that fund replenished, you still have a pretty good increase in taxes on your businesses to not only pay for the current unemployment, but to to put that uh, fund back to where mm. it's supposed to be. So uh, the House version is is uh, not really acceptable. Yeah. Boy, you can see how quickly this budget surplus could be evaporate you yep. know, with all these big bills coming due all of a sudden and, and then some of it being sort of hollow to begin with, you know, right. not necessarily even real dollars. So we've got to be careful. You know, Scripture would tell us that, right, Steve? Yep. Exactly. To be prudent, to be wise, to be wise, that sort of thing. Good counsel. That's why we need guys like you down there, Steve. And I'm sure this district uh, or this legislative session is rather interesting. So you really haven't been down there at all, right? You're doing it online? Well, I'm, uh, I've been going down as much as I can. Okay. I, I've always felt we should be there. It sounds like sometime in, in March now the Speaker of the House will open up the state office building. Unfortunately, she's opening it up after all the committee deadlines are done, so people aren't going to be able to come down and, and sit in on committee meetings or listen to testimony. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they, she'll open it basically right before it's almost time to close. Wow. And, so, and there's still mandates for you guys, like masks and well, things like that, right? Or? The the state office <clears throat> building is a, a, a recommended that you wear a mask. You can't If you go onto the House floor and don't wear a mask and you stand up to speak, they won't recognize you. 
Uh, I'm not wearing a mask down there. Yeah. I made up my mind a long time ago, especially when I see kids like like you're just talking about now yeah. who have who have said they're making a stand. Taking what kind stand. of leader am I? A, if I say I'm gonna I'm gonna capitulate to this nonsense. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, it's just insane. Whew. All right, and and of course these elections. Last uh, last thing here before we wrap up, they're so important this fall. And you know, have we done anything as a state to try to uh, shore up our election process, Steve? Um, there's people that are trying, and we've won court cases. And I, yeah. what I've been telling folks is, first of all, there was a lawsuit brought forth by the Republicans. Uh, to, to do something about the the elections, it it was thrown out by the Minnesota Supreme Court, and quite frankly, we didn't have the money to move further. Hmm. Uh, the state party has a has a fund. If you want to check that out, where they're taking uh, funds for people that want a, a forensic audit or you know a, a, a deep dive into the audits, and if they can get that up, but they need like two million dollars because you can you can ask for the audit, but you have to pay for it. Okay. And and so if they can get that fund up, they'll do that. What I've been encouraging people, and I don't generally ever promote anything, but uh, the Minnesota Voters Alliance has been doing some pretty yeah. darn good things. Yeah, those guys are good. And and if you look at what they've done in the lawsuits they're bringing and the wins they're getting, it's great. And and I I can only hope that that if we do take this election, it's gonna be well, it's gonna be done with everybody turning out. That has to yeah. be. It's essential that you turn out. Yeah. But if we do take it then you can't stop there. Let's say we got Republican House, Senate, and Governor. We still need the people coming down and saying, we won this time, but we still want that last election before looked at, mm. and we want this nonsense stopped because this is not yeah. going to happen to us again. And and it's only through the, the voice of the people, I think, that that's really going to happen. Mm. Steve Green, State Representative, District 2B, and announcing here right now on your QFM that he is going to be running for Senate in District 2. And the main reason for that is just because how the lines ended up being redrawn this week with redistricting. Former Senator uh, Paul Utke of District 2 is no longer in District 2. And so we'll find out. Uh, did you say you know whether or not he's running for Senate down south? Oh, Paul's uh, going to run, yeah. He is going to run. Yeah. Okay. We can't lose Paul. Well, yeah. <laughs> is there someone else, though, from the district that he's in that he's going to butt heads with then? Or? No. I think what he's done is he's dropped down through uh, uh, what used to be Gazelka's district. Oh. And and no other senator lives there. So I'm pretty sure he's he's, he's the guy. He's in the clear then. Yep. Okay. Yeah, well, we, you're right. We don't want to lose him, and there's a lot of good people that are just going to have to figure some things out here, and we'll see how it, how it goes. Yeah. But, all right. Thank you, Steve. Thank God you, bless Phil. you. Yeah, and enjoy you know being together with family. I know it's difficult with the loss of your mom, but uh, that's this weekend? You're, yeah, that's yeah. Saturday. Okay. All right. This is your life, God's truth, your QFM.